Welcome to the Marketing for Business podcast. This is your host, Scott Wilson. Liv Hale, welcome to the Marketing for Business podcast. Thank you. It's quite weird being on this side of it since <laughs> I'm such an avid listener, but yeah, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, look, I've been looking forward to, to this interview. Uh, let's give people some context first, though. Yep. Um, You've been working for Digital Influence for seven years now. Yes. Uh, there's a funny story on how you came to work with us, but let's we'll get we'll get to that in a minute because I also wanted to let people know that you're also a shareholder in the business uh, and a business partner. Nearly two and a half years now. Yeah. Uh, it'll be three years in August. Um, but let's go back and go first things first. You know, where was your passion or where did your passion for marketing come from? Look, I know uh, you went to university and did a law degree. Yes. Yeah, I think um, when it comes into like how I got into marketing, I didn't know what I wanted to do at school. I had no real idea, but I knew that I was good at English and history and that kind of stuff. I was good at writing essays. So yeah. came I finished high school and I was like, well, what am I going to do? naturally you go into law and commerce if you're good at writing um I think in reflection I wish I'd kind of taken a bit more time to figure it out um but you know hindsight's a wonderful thing so uh I changed unis a couple of times you know kind of didn't really know what I wanted to do um but I ended up having Harry um my son and I basically fell into a marketing job um so I became a marketing manager for a company Um, which was good. And then, you know, we needed a bit of help with our digital presence. Um, You'd met my dad before. Uh, And so dad said, basically, come along and have a bit of a chat to you. Yeah. uh, So so I remember that because I'd moved uh, from working at home into an office with Andrew and Murray um, from Champion Freight, and we had an office there. And I remember you coming in to see me. Um, which was, you know, I think at the time you were 23. Yeah, most certainly 23, was. so you came in, you were working for a company. And and what happened next? So I basically decided I wanted to work for you. What you did was <laughs> way cooler than what I was doing. Um, I stalked you, turned up at your seminars, forced you to hire me. Um, yeah. And you actually hired me in a sales role. Yeah. Um, because... And, you know, being 23, I thought I was six foot tall and bulletproof. My dad's awesome at sales, um, pretty successful at radio sales. So I was like, yeah, naturally, I'll be able to do the exact same thing. Yeah. Uh, so I was hired for a sales role and then was quickly pulled into your office because it wasn't going so well. Yeah. It was really interesting at the time, though, because I had really no intention of hiring anyone. Um, you know, we were going okay. We had some teams in the, in the Philippines. Um, but, uh, like anything, I always give people a go, yep. uh, and was prepared to, to, to take someone on. Um, it was quite a funny story because I think you started in January the 7th or something yep. or the, and then I was going on holiday two days later. Yep. So you found yourself in charge. I <laughs> did. I found myself in charge of a company with a bunch of clients <laughs> learning digital marketing and making it up on the fly, really. Yeah. <laughs> And and to be fair, you know, seven years on, uh, I want to take some people. I want to take the people today on a, on that journey because I think you've learned a lot, yeah. uh, and you've got some really cool stuff to share. I think with younger people that are looking to get into this industry, but also you've got some really cool stuff to share with business owners that are listening, uh, because you know some of your skills. I think uh, you know you you've taken the time to be world class. And I think that's really important that um, you know people understand um, that you're de- you're listening to an expert, especially when it comes to Facebook advertising, Instagram advertising, and also I would say copywriting. You're one of the best 
uh, I know. Um, so, so I'm really looking forward to this this, this conversation. I know we've talked before, um, and some of your key le- learnings when it comes to um, you know dealing with people and dealing with the business owners. Let, let's talk about some of those learnings first, because as you know, we like to talk about business success here. We like to talk about marketing, and then we like to talk about mindset. But let's go to business first. Um, some of the key learnings that you've had while working at Digital Influence. Yeah, cool. So. You know, as I said, I started here when I was 23 years old Um, and being young in business isn't always easy, but I think Mm. especially being a young female in business can be really hard, Um, especially when you're dealing with super experienced business owners um, and, you know, a majority of them are male that that we've kind of come across. So, you know, I'll never forget this example of you and I presented a seminar um, at the Elms Hotel. It was a digital marketing seminar. You presented half the seminar. I presented half the seminar. And then someone came up to me afterwards and asked how long I've been your PA. (laughs) And I just couldn't wrap my head around it because, you know, it is really tough, I guess, to be taken seriously sometimes and to kind of have that seat at the table. Um, Was it fair to say that I only gave you like a... Oh, yeah, like a 10-minute notice that, that I was going to be presenting. Because I realized you knew your stuff, so yeah. it gives an opportunity to throw you in the deep end. Yeah, so yeah. I think dominated. Yeah, I think what I've learned from that, though, is like if you know more about the subject topic than anyone else at the table, mm. people have to listen to you. Yeah. Become an expert in, you know, in, in what you're doing. And for me, knowledge and confidence is so linked. Yeah. Um, and I remember the first time I went to a client meeting by myself and, you know, I presented the results, I talked strategy, and I came back to the office and was like, I nailed that. Yeah, like, yeah. that went really well. And yeah. so because I had the knowledge and I was so well prepared, yeah. that's where the confidence came from. Yeah. Um. And, you know, one of our core values is world-class training, world-class outcomes. And so by learning from the best marketers in the world, you know, Molly Pittman, Kat Howell back in the day, Nicholas Kuzmich, yeah. I was able to upskill myself and work pretty hard yeah. to I'm, become an expert. I'm keen to talk about some of those learnings a wee bit later because I've got some really yeah. good notes because I know, you know, um, Molly's been a big influence and so has Nicholas Kuzmich. So we'll talk about that. But, you know, yeah. Did you feel it at any time that you're just out of your depth when it comes to dealing with some of these business owners? Or were you like, hey, you know what? I've, I've taken the time. I know my subject. Yeah. I've got this. And, and and talk a wee bit about how you started to learn that. Like, what did you yeah. start to do? Was it, would you started to do courses? Were you just listening to people? What were you doing? Yeah, a real combo of both. Um, You know, I was lucky that, well, not lucky. I, I'm grateful that we had access to such awesome training Mm. Um, and you've always been a massive believer in that. I kind of came into digital marketing with some, you know, marketing knowledge and some psychology knowledge, but not the skills of how to apply that to digital. So I think that, you know, the courses definitely came into play. But I think for me, you know, from the get-go, I have been around just awesome clients. Like I think of the Mike James from Novus, Kevin Eater from Trade Staff, Brent Selwyn from Ken and Gara Thompson who have always just had the time for me and to actually mm. listen to what yeah. I say and yeah. when I give them ideas and, and when we talk about strategy I know that what I have to say is actually valued and yeah. valid so yeah. I think for me um, you know having people have my back like that but then also you know these guys have run super successful companies yeah. um, and success leaves clues something yeah. we say all the time yeah, yeah. and 
you know, by actually listening to them and, and, you know, being a little bit quieter in a meeting, but taking really solid notes and yeah. allowing myself the time to process that and yeah. then go back to people afterwards as well. Yeah. You know, you're awesome at coming up with ideas on the fly and you're really quick off the cuff, et cetera, where I probably need a little bit more time to process, a little mm. bit more time to think and realizing, you know, I think learning about my communication style as well has been super helpful. Yeah, super helpful, right? Yeah. And, and I think one of the things that I think I've not, well, I have definitely noticed from you and your communication uh, style is you have the ability to listen to understand versus a lot of people who don't make it in this industry are listening to reply and I think that's a skill if you can get that skill where you're listening to understand um, and then you can go back later and hey here's what I've here's what I've taken here's what I've learned here's what we're going to do and here's the plan for that versus just trying to listen to reply trying to sound trying to sound uh, I guess more knowledgeable when you, there's not that con, you don't need to be at no. that time, right? And no. I think I think that's a skill that you've learned really quickly. I think one of the reasons for that is you studied copywriting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know? um, so yeah, how did how does because people do say, hey, who wrote this copy? Well, lived it like it's all, and you know. So what was that decision, and why was that? Um, I think from a copywriting perspective, you know, again, quite early on, I learned from you how important copy is. Um, and then by being able, I, you know, like I said before, I loved writing. I was always good at writing yeah, yeah. at high school and stuff. Um, and I think I probably, you know, my uni study hasn't been a waste of time because yeah, I've yeah. definitely learned how to structure things properly. Um, but from a copywriting perspective, being able to put myself in the mind of the consumer, being able to put myself in, you know, what they want to see and trying to get things across in a conversational way that then converts, yeah. um, I think is always my goal when it comes yeah. to copywriting. Yeah. So, Yeah, and, and also, like, I can see, like, there's heaps of chat out about, you know, AI coming in and, you know, chat GPT and all this sort of stuff. And I do look at it and go, well, hey, if you don't understand the copywriting context and you don't understand why people will buy and if you don't understand your product your audience your message and stuff like you probably even though you're using the tools won't be as successful as someone who has those skills and then uses those tools you would what, what's your thoughts on that yeah 100 percent. i think um like the some of the ai that's coming out is so cool and like mm. it definitely you know has its place to be able to speed things up but that's what i keep coming back to i i would use it to speed things up i wouldn't rely on it yeah because you know if if you don't give it good prompts if you don't understand what you're wanting to get out of it and if you don't understand what's actually going to convert with the consumer how do you know if it's a good piece of copy yeah. right so yeah how do you know it's a good piece of copy yeah. if you don't actually understand the basics and yeah. i think the basics are lost i say this all the time you know principles there's there's principles that people need to know and too many times i'm starting to see and you can see it um because you know they they just don't understand uh, well, they, one, they don't understand the consumer. You know, they've tried to get the AI to understand the consumer, but, you know, that can work, but, you know, you still have to know that from your own perspective. A hundred percent. So what are some of the other other things you've learned? You know, like, what about, I know you've, you've talked to this all the time, but being human, like, what's yeah. what's your... I, I think with that, right, like, when I first started in this industry, um, you a mistake would happen and I'd think about it for two weeks afterwards, you know. <laughs> I, I wouldn't reply to an email in, in a time frame that I thought was good enough. And, yeah. you know, y- you think about it all the time. And I think from, you know, around being human, things go wrong yeah. in business. And But, like, I'm so passionate about what I do and I feel the highs so intensely but also the yeah. lows so intensely, right? Yeah. Um, because I love our clients and I genuinely want the best results for yeah. them. Um, but what I realized one day is, you know, 
I love marketing, but it's it's not brain surgery. Yeah. And if mistakes happen or if things go wrong, it's actually not the end of the world. But for me, being able to put my hand up and saying, yep, like this has happened, but this is how I'll fix it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it kind of comes back into our core value being, you know, results, not reasons. Yeah. Um, is, is something I've definitely had to learn. And I think for me, you know, obviously I have Harry, I have a partner, I have my family. Um, switching off from work can be really tough, especially mm. when we do what we do, you know, if you're scrolling social media or whatever. Um, but realizing that like I am, when I'm at home, first and foremost, I'm a mum and yeah. a partner. Yeah. And when I'm at work, I'm in work mode because, you know, clients deserve my time and my family deserves my time. Uh, and one thing that I've, you know, learnt, uh, especially because I can be the queen of overthinking, is when I start thinking about something or stressing about it, yeah. I ask myself, will the client be thinking about me right now? Yeah, yeah. And if I can honestly say the answer is no, it goes on the to-do list yeah. and gets sorted tomorrow. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't need to be done right now. That's a great takeaway because that's taking your time to learn that, right? Oh, like that, God, has that, it ever. <laughs> that, that, that didn't just come up. So, no. so you know, maybe someone who's listening, um, you know, going through that, what would what would be your advice on that? Like, because, yeah. you know, like I, I do remember a time when you get really affected by that. And, yep. I, you know, I could see the passion, but at the same time, you know, sometimes that, you know, just a little bit of advice can actually help. Yeah. I think for me, you know, it was around creating um, those boundaries and those separation and realizing that it's almost narcissistic to think the client's thinking about me at three o'clock in the morning, right? Um, but they're not. And by being able to be like, cool, I'm in work mode. I'm in full work mode mm. right now. And then when I get home, then I'm able to be a mom and a partner and actually yeah. creating the time and space for myself. Yeah, I'm um, having those boundaries. You know, we have we have a policy um, here at DI that our team can work from home 10 days a month. I personally don't love working from home because for me, home's washing and cooking and mum life and it's not doing work. But I think identifying what works best for you if you're struggling with that work-life balance, identifying what works best for you, identifying kind of where those boundaries are and then actually being able to call it, I think is really, really important. Being clear on that and and then making those decisions is is super important. And communicating them too. Yeah, yeah. And and also, I guess, um, sometimes even over-communicating them. 100%, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, cool. What are some other learnings like from from the business perspective that you've learned? You know, what are some of the success things that you'd take away um, from dealing with clients? I know you know you've created some some really good uh, from my perspective some really good relationships with the clients, but yeah. also now you know bringing in a, a team helping you and growing that you're doing that really really well. What are some of the takeaways for you there? Yeah, I think uh, a takeaway from me there, and you know, looking back now, I've probably known it since I was. I don't know, 12 years old, relationships when it comes to business are everything. That's so fun. And I I really learned that from my dad, right? Like Mm. some of dad's clients have known me and have known me since I was 12. They've been around for ages. They're they're long-term clients. We've built the relationship with family, friends. I'm invited to their weddings. Like I think that relationships, when it comes down to it, are everything in business. Yeah. And having respect for people and communicating with people and caring about people is is one of my biggest learnings. And yeah. I'm really grateful to have learned that from quite an early age. Yeah. Um, so I think that's definitely one of it. And then 
you know, running a team, I love running a team. I <laughs> love my team. I love our business. Um, I always sound like the biggest fangirl when it comes to it. But, you know, I think when I first started, when I was 23, I wanted to be the one with the good ideas. Yeah. I wanted to be the one that ran successful campaigns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted the good Facebook ad results. You know, I wanted to go to meetings. And now I love being able to go home at the end of the day mm. and being like, my team killed it. Like, yeah, yeah. that was awesome. They yeah. came up with this idea. They've handled that. Yeah. Um and so I think that, you know, putting the ego aside and actually learning how to be a manager and how yeah. to run a team has been super valuable yeah. for me. And that's the cool thing about, you know, we probably learned it from Kevin Eater the best, right? If you yeah. want to be promoted, you know, you have to be replaced. Yeah. So so what are you going to do inside your job uh, to be, you know, be replaced? Get yeah. those systems out. And, you know, we've employed a lady in the business to help us do that. And I think that's been one of the biggest changes for us is building out those standard operating procedures, but also not taking that human element away from that. 100%. Yeah. I think as well, like, you know, when we, uh, like I said before, I'm so passionate about our clients and I value them so much that, you know, by when we hired another account manager recently and they kind of come on mm. in a client communication, training them to communicate how I yeah. communicate and then also letting clients know, you know, I remember when Kellyanne first came on, I said to Arjun, hey, we've got a new account manager. Um, she's awesome, super detail orientated, will do such a great job and it means that you and I can be friends and go out for lunch more. You know, <laughs> so like keeping the relationship there. Yeah. Um, but then also training my account managers that, hey, this is the way that we do yeah. things around here and this is what the clients are going to expect. Just put you on the spot. What's our number one rule when it comes to um, client communication? Uh, balls always in their court. Yeah, balls <laughs> always in their court. Why is that? Because we want to be constantly going back to the client with ideas. We want to be chasing them for things. We want to be communicating constantly. And, you know, I think that you taught it to me best uh, around the earthquake. You know, mm. you learned communication with everything yeah. then. Yeah. yeah, it's the number one thing I learned from the earthquakes is communication is key. Communication is not a game of golf where you hit the ball and, you know, it's it's a tennis. you got to hit the ball. They hit it back over the net to you. Yeah. You hit it back to them. The ball's always got to be their side of the net. And, and, and that just creates that it creates a good relationship because sure. one of those things about relationships is communication and and building rapport well if i don't get back to that person i'm not building rapport right so 100 and i could see people's frustration in the earthquakes is because they weren't being communicated clearly yeah. um so so that was the number one takeaway that i took was like just get the ball over the other side of the net yeah and really care you know you oh, care that you want the ball back yeah yeah <laughs> i think as well when it comes down to caring you know and it kind of ties back into that relationship things but some of, you know, the conversations with our clients, they're about how their kids are doing at school or yeah. they're about, you know, yeah. their new house or their wedding coming up or whatever it is, you know, it, it's actually taking the time to get to know them as mm. people first and foremost and as yeah. business owners second. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there'll be a client that I might not have spoken to for, you know, a week or so because the team might be handling it. Yeah. But just flicking them a text to check in or, you know, yeah. getting a catch-up call, et cetera, I think um, is definitely something I've learned as well yeah. that, you know, we we do business with people. Yeah. We do business with friends, totally. which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. and But you've got to earn the right, you know, oh, and I think that's something that we've done over time is to earn the right to to do business with good people. Yeah. Um, let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about marketing because I know yes. – you know, it's probably our favorite subject. <laughs> um, you know, where do you see marketing now versus, you know, you did a degree in marketing, right? Mm. You went to university, got a marketing degree, uh, you come out, you start working at 23. How useful was that degree uh, then and how, how useful is it now? Like we've already talked about, hey, some yeah. of the things, but like let's talk about that. Um, I think that from my perspective, you know, 
when I went to uni and, you know, I remember doing a marketing paper and we had to do a case study on a business and we had to design um, a marketing plan for them. And it was all around billboards and radio, et cetera, which 100% have their place. But I remember yeah. asking the question to my lecturer, well, you know, uh, what, what percentage of the budget do we allocate to digital or something yeah. like that? And it wasn't a thing that you no. considered. Um, so then when I kind of came out and got into my first marketing role, you know, it was, yeah, it was all about kind of the old school way. It was about flyers, which seems crazy because it's only seven years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then so being able to step into a role like this, uh, that's completely different. I really had to self-educate. I really had to learn. I Where I see marketing now is so much more conversational. It's so much more engaging. It's so much more about building. You know, again, it comes back to relationships. Yeah. It's about businesses building that relationship with a client yeah. or a customer or figuring out what information they the customer needs to know, you know, to know, like, and trust that business. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and so parts of that human psychology stuff haven't changed, right? Yeah, 100%. And I think that's the key as well, right? You know, the the tactics have changed, all that type of stuff. But, but and I guess the media of what you're using has, you know, changed. Yeah. Uh, which, how much of the, at university, do you learn about the, you know, the psychology side of it? Was there a bit there? Yeah, you do quite a lot on the psychology mm. side of that. Of it, like there's a thing, you know, called Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yep. And, you know, you do definitely have a pretty good grounding um, in that sense. But then, you know, what you said before about the tactics, et cetera, even in the seven years that I've been in this role, you know, we were relatively early, I guess, yeah. to the Facebook advertising totally. game. Um, and, you know, we kind of learned that platform really well, learned the algorithms, figured out kind of what ads convert, et cetera. Mm. And then it becomes Instagram. And then it becomes yeah. LinkedIn, and now it's, you know, the big thing is TikTok. Yeah, and Instagram and TikTok. Yeah, but I think there it comes, um, if you don't have the solid basis, if you don't have the solid strategy, mm. you know, it comes back to that no yeah. matter what the platform is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's why the principles get missed by a lot of people. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. What, what do you think, what are some of the reasons you see marketing failing? Uh, I think from my experience, you know, marketing has failed because people don't actually have a really good grasp on what they are actually selling. You know, yeah. when it comes to knowing their numbers is such a basic one that we mm. always come back to. But, you know, how much is this client worth you? How much are you willing to pay to get it? How much are you willing to spend to get that? Really understanding the numbers, but then also understanding your audience and the type of person that you want to target. Um, yeah. going to use an example here being Magna Turbo, mm. right? We love Magna Turbo. Um, and their Facebook page is 70% males follow yeah. them. Yeah. Um, and the type of content that they post on their Facebook page really appeals to that kind yeah. of male, you know, that lots of cool looking utes and that kind yeah. of stuff. But, you know, we know that from the advertising perspective, if we look at their website traffic, it's actually 54% female, 46% male going yeah. to the website. So we know that women do drive cars too, funnily yeah, enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they do quite often make decisions when it comes to like the safety yeah. of the tires for the family vehicle, totally. et cetera. So our advertising side of things is targeted yeah. towards women yeah. because the males kind of take care of themselves yeah. with the content. Yeah. So I think, you know, not having a fundamental understanding of your audience, of the type of person you want to target is an example of where marketing doesn't work. Um, another example, I guess, that we've seen is, you know, when people have that kind of short-term mindset when it comes to yeah. marketing. Do you think, just going back to that, though, yeah. do you think, you know, why do you think people don't really understand their audience and their numbers? Is it just because that's the hard part? Like, that's not the fluffy side of things? Because that's yeah. the, you know, when I, when I look at, 
a campaign, I'll go to those numbers, I'll go to those audiences and I'll go to the market, I'll go to the message. Yeah. And I'll generally find in one of those three areas something's wrong, right? Yeah. And, you know, most people, well, they've got their their eyeball strategy wrong, Mm -hmm. um, they've got their influence strategy wrong and they've got their maths strategy wrong. Those three, you know. Yeah. Talk about this all the time to people. Um, Is that where, is that common? Because I think, you know, we see that. Yeah, as a turnaround place, right? Yeah, it is pretty. It is common, and I think that you know what what we often find is that business owners that we deal with, you know, they work so hard working in their business, um, yeah. and so you know when they come in for a strategy session, sometimes it's the first time in a long time that they've sat down and talked about their business yeah. for an hour and a half. And it's the first time they've read a questionnaire. <laughs> yeah, it's like such, you know we often have blinding flashes of the obvious yeah. where they're like, well, hang on, that makes absolute sense yeah. because. They haven't actually, you know, they don't have the time to mm. ask as many questions as we do or, yeah. you know, think about things a little yeah. bit differently. And that's where that kind of outside perspective can really come into play. Yeah. So I think sitting down, you know, one piece of advice to business owners I would have is actually sitting down, you know, whether it be once a month, once a quarter, whatever it is, and reassessing, you know, your lifetime value of your client, reassessing yeah. your numbers, reassessing the type of person that you're wanting to target, yeah. and actually being super clear on that because if you're yeah. not clear on it, how's yeah. anyone else going to be? Well, you know, right now everyone should be looking at their numbers because their numbers have changed, right? Yeah. Like their costs 100%. have gone up, you know. Yeah. Uh, people's concerns have changed, right? You know, like um, the media is telling enough people right now what's going on. But yeah. sadly, the media is late, right? Yeah. It's already happening, you know. Um, so people... You know, if if you were selling if you were selling vitamin C and all fluffy, hey, this is great, and you're continuing to sell that, you're in trouble. Yeah. You should have been shifted. You should have been selling painkillers uh, a long, long time ago. Um, and and I think that when when marketing doesn't fail, a lot of times, you know, they've missed one of those three things. But a lot of the time, the message is just wrong. They're trying 100%. to use the same message from four years ago. Yeah. In this market. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. I think that, yeah, I think that there's definitely, you definitely need to have your core messages and your messages mm. that will always be true to your business. But then, you know, positioning that in a way that's relevant to what's happening at the moment and entering the conversations that people are already yeah. having yeah. is so crucial when it comes it's to marketing. A, it's a skill, right? Enter yeah. the conversation that people are already having. What's the media telling people? What are their friends telling people? Yeah. What is social media telling them, you know? And being able to, to, to then use that message back to them is a real skill. And I think that's something... You know, you can tell the ones, the, the good marketers that have taken the time to understand, you know, the, the sales copy and, and yeah. why people and all that type of stuff. Um, because the, it's real obvious the ones that haven't, right? Yeah. What about, you know, you talked about the, the mindset of, of business owners in the yeah. short term. Talk to me a, bit, a little bit more about that. What have you found when dealing with businesses? I found, you know, that we, marketing isn't a saviour your no. business no. <laughs> marketing isn't the crutch you know if things aren't going well in your business marketing will just amplify that yeah um so i think that you know we don't ever want to be the savior for a business we no. want to partner with a business yeah. um and so if you don't have the right mindset around marketing if you don't have the right mindset around advertising um if you don't think of it as a long-term partnership yeah. it's probably well, A, we're not going to work with you, but also it's not going to work for yeah. you and, and no matter who you choose. I probably wouldn't do it. No. I would recommend that they don't spend. 100% you agree. Know, because, because uh, you know, you can get some transactional wins 
Yeah. But if you don't, you know, like if you didn't understand your numbers and you spent money and then all of a sudden you're losing money because you've got all these customers that, you, that are just not profitable, yeah. you're going you're gonna to hurt yourself, right? I think as well, like, you know, around that, if they don't actually understand or value advertising, like it's quite tricky sometimes um, if we have a business owner come in and we have to try and convince them on the value of, it, of advertising, yeah. Yeah. that's always a tough one because you know, our, our best clients are our long-term clients yeah. that we've worked with for a long time, that we've yeah. partnered with, yeah. and they do other forms of advertising, whether it be print, whether it be radio, whether it be billboards, whatever it yeah. is, um, we're not their sole, yeah. you know, supplier yeah. of links. We're part of the team. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's so, so, so important that you um, that you get that, you know, and understand that. What about, um, you, I remember you, like, talked to me, when it comes to this sort of stuff, you said do your homework. Yeah. You know, what does that what does that mean to you? Because I think it's really, really important because you can tell the business owners that haven't done their homework. Yeah. Um, what should business owners be doing? I think that if you were, you know, looking at investing in any form of advertising and marketing, doing your homework comes down to, it comes down to what we said before. It comes down to doing the basics. It comes down to knowing your numbers. It comes down to knowing your advertising um, it comes down to knowing your target customer so that you can go and you can approach your marketing in a way that you're going to make a really informed decision. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it might even be, you know, looking at over the course of a month, who's the type of person that comes into your business? What kind of questions are they answering? Mm. What do your best clients look like? Yeah. You know, what are they... Yeah, basically, how how do they interact with you, and how do they buy from you, and then how can you replicate that yeah. to get more of them? And I think that's a you know just looking at what's happening already. You know, like uh, one thing I always go to if if a client's really struggling. Okay, let's go do some active listing. Yeah, like let's go read your reviews. Let's go read the reviews. What are the reviews saying about about you and your business? And and what are the what are the what are your competition's reviews saying? You know, what are some of the posts that you're putting out? Some of the content that you're putting out. Or some of your competitors, what are, what are people saying about? Start to actively listen in the market and learn from the market. Yeah. Um, because it's it's one thing, and it's always funny, you know. Like people say, "Oh, what do you think of this? What do you think of that?" Well, it doesn't really matter what I think, you know. <laughs> yeah. What matters is what the buyers think, you know. And a lot of times, business owners will get hung up on it. Oh, I don't like this, or my my mom doesn't like this, or my auntie doesn't like this, and it's like seriously, they're not buying from you. Yeah. You need to get data from the marketplace, and I think that's something. Um, I guess it's our job to to move them away from from you know like listening to everyone and actually listening to the market. So yeah. you know, doing your homework, I think it's a great thing. It, it will definitely help you working with a company like us, yeah, or whether sure. you work with us or someone else. If you've done your homework, you're going to bring you know a better a better um, I guess turn up to to the results that you're going to get. Really, yeah, yeah. Okay, so marketing. What about what about when you've seen things that have worked? You know, what are, what's 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 yeah. some of the takeaways there? I think that you know when if someone asks me about a campaign that's worked, I always come back to the example of Richard's Real Kitchen. Yeah. A few years ago, um, you know, you went to the states and went to a marketing conference over there and learned about you know the messenger technology and about the power of you know conversations create yeah. conversion. You came back and in classic you know Scott fashion, it was. 
really fire aim. <laughs> um, but we, we reached out to Richard and we said, hey, we've learned this. We want to give it a try. Are you keen? Yeah. And, you know, there's a bit of hesitation there and he wasn't overly sure keen. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't wasn't overly keen to give away his um, best, you know, best-selling recipe. Yeah, we thought he was going to ruin his business model by giving yeah. his best recipe away, right? But we kind of, you know, pushed a little bit and, and thought that, hey, this is actually going to be something pretty cool. Mm. Um, so we were able to set that technology up. We were able to create conversations with a whole bunch of people who had never heard of Richard before, build him a messenger database, and then, you know, convert that into sales. Yeah. So I think that if we look at campaigns that have worked well, that's always the first one that comes to mind. But the other one well, that comes... The, the key for that yeah. was like, why did it work? You oh, know, yeah. Because when you look at that campaign, it was using new technologies yeah. out there today, but we were one of the first to use it. But it gave value in advance of them wanting anything. So he yeah. was giving away his favorite recipe, which is his beef rangdang recipe. People, yeah. you could tell by the comments and stuff, people loved it, people wanted it. So we gave them the option to get the recipe for free um, using a digital download, using Messenger. Mm -hmm. But we also put, hey, by the way, if you don't want to cook it yourself, you can order it frozen here. Yeah. What happened to sales? They went through the roof. Yeah. Because then he built a messenger database that he could communicate to, you know, for how many years now? Yeah. Um, but the reason that worked is he gave value in advance first, yeah. you know, and being prepared to give away um, what other people would value in, re in return, you know. He didn't know the sales were going to happen. No. Um, but at the same time, when you think about marketing and strategy, you know, um, reciprocity, giving value in advance. And, and that's why it worked. And then also just layering on that technology so we could actually follow up with people. Yeah. And that was the key as well. Following up, you know, we had people that didn't know who Richard was, were tagged in a post because they were, you know, someone said, hey, you might be interested in the recipe. They ordered on the on the 20th. Uh, it got delivered on the 23rd. They gave a review on the 24th. Yeah. And, and then shared as well on the 25th, you know, like that's a perfect marketing. hundred percent. Like and I think it kind of comes back into as well from the get go. We knew who our audience was. Yeah. Yeah. We knew that we knew who we wanted to target. We knew the type of people that ordered from Richard. We had all the data on mm. his best, you know, his best customers. Yeah. And we knew that this is the type of thing that they wanted. So creating an offer to his target market, it, yeah. it just comes back down to that. I think. Yeah. It's like Dan Kennedy once said, you know, like if you were going to start a business in a burger shop, where would you go? Well, you'd go with a hungry crowd is right. Yeah. It seems obvious. Like it's like, what's his name? Was it Willie Sutton? They asked him why he robbed banks. Yeah. And he said, well, that's where the money is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. crazy, but true. Yeah. Sorry. What was one of the other ones that you were going to talk about? Um, I think the other one that, you know, I, always love talking about is coming back to Novus. Yeah. When we come back to, and Mike is the first person to say it, that windscreens can be pretty boring. Yeah. But, you know, we kind of found an angle there that we wanted Novus to be known for a couple of things. We wanted them to be fun. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, the classic show us your crack tagline yeah, really, yeah. really ties into that fun aspect. But we also wanted to be known as, you know, that we value safety. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we often use the example of a conversation with Mike when, you know, we found out that uh, your windscreen holds up up to 70% of the structural yeah. integrity of your roof, right? Yeah. More people knew that, they'd probably get their windscreen fixed. Yeah. Well, the strange law in New Zealand is if you get a crack, you know, I yeah. can't repair it, but if you need to replace it, I you can, can replace do it. it, which is just <laughs> stupid, right? Yeah. So I think like finding little things like that within a business and, you know, then being able to run that as a campaign that's educational and yeah. ties back into those yeah. cool messages yeah. to our target market is super important. It yeah. keeps coming back to that. And and also, you know, like if you, we always look for those little things. Yeah. You know, saying small hinges, swing big doors. 
what are the small things? What are the small insights that we could share? Yeah. And a lot of times you get that from talking to a business owner and all of a sudden they say this one thing and you're like, whoa, didn't and know that. Listen. And you listen. <laughs> and all of a sudden you, feel, you find something and, it, and it's absolute gold. Uh, I know that we did that with Little India with um, no sugar in their curries. Yeah. You know, which led on to a whole new keto range, which led on to um, cauliflower rice, which led on to, you know, selling out and stuff like that. And it's always those little things. Um, I guess that's our job as, as, as marketers to learn. Yeah. Hey, so let's talk a little bit about marketing training and, and you know, our core mm-hmm. value. We've kind of mentioned about world-class training, world-class outcomes. What did that, what does that mean to you? And, and, and what have you... You know, who have you studied with and why over the, over the years? And I think I wanted to give this as context to maybe some people that, you know, are looking at getting into marketing, yeah. where, they, where they should go. Um, I think that if you ask me who to study with from the get-go, the first person that does come to mind, and I'm so jealous you've met him, is Nicholas Kuzmich. Yeah. Um, I read Give his book relatively early on I think probably yeah. when I started I think I gave it to you yeah oh, you would have but um, <laughs> one thing that I've always taken away from that and I always talk to clients about yes. is swim lanes yeah. I love the analogy of swim lanes mm. um and the sense that you know some people are slow buyers medium buyers fast buyers yeah. and then coming up with different strategies for those yep. people so so what is explain the analogy there then yeah so you know, some people um, who are looking at your product are going to be slow buyers. They normally take 90 days plus to make a decision. So they're in the slow lane. Yep, they're in the slow, slow lane for swimming. Yep. So um, they need a lot of hand-holding. They need a lot of education. They yep. need to be signed up to an email database. They need yep. to see testimonials about you. They need to Your be targeting. able to trust Yeah, mm. trust what they're buying from you. Mm. So that's kind of, you know, your slow lane when it comes to swimming. Your medium lane purchaser is someone who, you know, they might be around a 60-day purchasing window. Uh, they might only need to see, you know, one ad and one testimonial when they're ready to make a decision, but it's about structuring campaigns for them as well. You know, what type of information do they need to see before they purchase? And they're going to be a little bit quicker than yeah, yeah. your slow lane. Your fast lane movers are someone who's going to see an ad. Yeah. They're going to click on it. They're ready to purchase yeah. kind of straight away, you know, and someone in your fast lane might've come from a referral. They might've come from, you know, word of mouth. They might've come from a friend, but they've seen enough about your business to be able to pull the trigger straight yeah, away. Yeah. So, you know, when it comes down to studying, that's not even to do with digital marketing. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, just yeah. to do with psychology and structuring yeah. a marketing yeah. funnel. Yeah. Um, so back it's, to it's, basics is so important. It's so good, right? And, yeah. and and I talk a lot of times about quality and quantity. Yeah. You know, some people are quantity people. They need to see a quantity of information for them to make their minds up. Yeah. And some people just to see the quality. Yeah. It's not your... It's not your job to judge who they are. Mm-hmm. It's your job to put that quality and quantity content in front of them. Yeah. And that's where the swim lane does that beautifully. So Nicholas Kuznich. Um, yeah. What else have you learned from Nicholas? Um, he's a great copywriter. Oh, he's one of the best copywriters. Um, and I think it kind of comes, you know, he used to be like a church pastor, right? Yeah. Um, so he has empathy. Yeah, 100%. And that's, you know, he understands people. Yeah. He understands how, and there's a reason his book's called Give. Yeah. Because it's all about giving value in advance. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I just hang off every word he says, basically. Nice. Um, but then, you know, uh, Kat Howell back in the day yep. had some really awesome training mm. around an agency and around, you know, the specific yeah. ins and outs of ads. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like I said before, Molly Pittman, you know, the way that we have learned, you know, when she was originally at Digital Marketer and, yeah. now, you know, she's a smart marketer. Um, the I've amount of Polly, Molly twice, yeah, by the way. I know you have. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but the amount of value that you kind of get from that training, I think, is so important. I think that when it comes to digital marketing, self education, finding good resources um, is just absolutely crucial. So, yeah. 
Molly Pittman, once again, good copywriter. Yeah. You know, like really takes the time to understand copy. But I think, you know, also we had those resources at the time. And I think you learn a lot from just deep diving in there. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess one thing I guess we have the beauty of of learning and doing yeah. in our industry, right? We can go in and, and do it. And we were doing it for our own business, which, you know, so world-class training, world-class outcomes. I, I think one of the keys, you know, f- from that, from our core value is, is you know, taking the time to learn and then and then go and do it yourself yeah. and, and, and have fun while you're at the same time. Hey, so I will switch to mindset now. Cool. Um, we've got a wee bit left on this podcast. And I wanted to talk about the mindset from the 23-year-old live to the 30-year-old live. Yeah. And, and some of the key takeaways and learnings that you've learned from that. You know, it's a seven-year journey. You've gone from, hey, turning up, being a stalker, um, <laughs> wanting to, you know, uh, come to seminars, to yeah. then speaking at the seminars, to then, um, you know, becoming a business partner. And 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 what are, what are some of the things that, from a mindset perspective, that you've learned? Yeah, I think a couple of things from a mindset perspective. The first one that I've learned is that success looks completely different now to what mm. it looked like when I was 23. Yeah. You know, when I was 23 in my previous marketing job, I had, you know, a relatively high salary. I had, you know, a really nice company car and, you know, success was all about money for me. Yeah. And it was about, you know, if you had asked me where I was, you know, where I'd be where I was 30, I would have said I'm married and owned a house and, you know, super financially, yeah. you know, successful. And, you know, I'm definitely not married. I definitely don't own a house right now. But success to me now looks like being able to go to Harry Swimming Thoughts in the morning and then come into the office and have an awesome client meeting. Yeah, yeah. Success to me looks like having the balance. And and I know that this is something that gets talked about a lot and it's such like a buzzword or whatever for my generation is that yeah. work-life balance. Mm. Sometimes you do just need to work your ass off and you yeah. do need to be at the office <laughs> and you do need to be putting in the long hours. Yeah. But success to me now you know it does definitely look a whole lot more around you know the time I get to spend with my team the time I get to spend with you the yeah. time I get to spend with my family the time I get to spend with Harry yeah um and making sure that that time is really you know purposeful and you know that everybody gets what they need out yeah. of it so I think that's kind of you know redefining what success looks like yeah and not getting caught up in that kind of rat wheel yeah of other people's success some, has been super important to me. That's some great, great, great learnings, you know. Yeah. Um, and I've definitely seen that. You obviously have become more structured in the way you, you know, the the things that you do during during the day yeah. uh, and how you structure your day. I'd say you control your day better than you did when you were a 23-year-old, exactly. you know. And, and I think that's one of the keys to anyone's success is how they control their day. Yeah. I always say, I always say control your morning, control your day, mm-hmm. you know, and you have that you know, have that down. Obviously, you know, have challenges still because you've got a, like me, you've got a nine-year-old, you yep. know, and you, you know, you've grown up um, and seeing Harry turn into a fine young gentleman, it's it's, it's a credit to you as well. Um, what else from a mindset? Because I've got a couple of things. I, yeah. I, I, one thing I've really seen you grow in is, and we talk around the office, around the barefoot investor, yeah. you know, and, and actually how to handle money properly because, yeah. you know, you, you're making money and you, you're a business partner. And, and like, for me, it was really keen to see how you've developed that because it's a simple, it, it, it looks really, money's quite a confusing topic, but if you put strategy in, strategies in place yeah. and you make it work for you, it can become, you know, just a tool, you know? Yeah, I, that's, you know... Looking back at high school, I basically, you know, I was really good at high school, et cetera, and, and got good grades and stuff. But I look back at the financial literacy side of things and I say, this is such a big hole in probably yeah. my education at high school. And I remember that, 
you know, the most trouble I got into school was I'd get referred out of economics because I didn't agree with my economics <laughs> teachers, you know, political views. Um, but yeah, the ability to uh, self-educate in terms of finances, um, create some structure around that. Mm. And again, you know, I've talked a lot about self-education when it comes to marketing, but self-education when it comes to mindset is yeah. just so crucial. Reading books. I listen to so many podcasts. Yeah. Um, being able to take lessons and actually implement it is, has been something super crucial to mm. me. Yeah, like so learning cool stuff and then yeah. and then implementing it. I think Jim Rohn said it best, you know, work harder on yourself than you're doing your job. And yeah. I think that's so key, right? Yeah. Like just working on your mindset and, you know, the things that you need to learn. I think that's a big one. Like and and the cool thing there is you can you can okay, what's a lesson I need to learn? Right. I need to oh this is a lesson I need to learn. Yeah. Here's the skills I need to go with that lesson. Yeah. Here's where I can go and learn that lesson and implement that lesson you know? and as well it's given me the ability to pass some of those lessons again down onto harry you know an example being harry lost his first tooth and was super excited about it etc and i said that the tooth fairy is going to come and the first question he asks is is he going to be taxed on it <laughs> like, so you know being able to create that financial literacy for myself mm. but then also being able to implement that for harry yeah. has been awesome too yeah i think that's been great what, what, what else when it comes to mindset what comes jumps for you um, I think just around valuing, I genuinely value the people in my life. Yeah. I have a really small circle of people, yeah. but you know, when I look at, when I look at what everybody in my life contributes to it and what I contribute to them, I'm, I'm really proud of that. I'm yeah. proud of, you know, I, again, coming back to my dad, dad has taught me, you know, about again, the value of relationships and the fact that, you know, today dad's able to pick Harry up from school for me. And I'm really grateful for that. And, yeah. you know, the fact I get on so well with my sister, I just, I think that being able to have a really small circle around me that just continuously add value to my life, but I also add it to theirs. Yeah. Um, I think realizing that and realizing that I do have skills and things to bring to the table is something you learn with age too. Yeah. Confidence comes totally. with age. Got a great partner as well. Adam. I do, we'll yeah. just get him on the podcast. <laughs> He's one of our best listeners, you know, so yeah, we've got to, got to mention him. Yeah, shout out to Adam. <laughs> hey, so let's let's just, I've got one last question and I think it's, uh, you know, if, if a young person's listening to this and, you know, what advice would you give that person um, looking at getting into the market? Oh, actually, they don't even have to be young because, look, yeah. we've got some people now that want to get in and want to work for us that are a wee bit older, you know? Like, yeah. what is it, what, what would advice that you would give them, you know, yeah. seven years on? What, what, what have you learned that people should... Uh, I actually think one thing comes back to what we said before, you know, we talked about doing your homework for business owners, but if you want to go work for a company, if you want to work somewhere, do your homework for them, mm. you know, learn about the company, learn about what's working in marketing, read books, listen to podcasts, bring ideas to the table. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that we've interviewed for roles before and someone's talked about how excited they are to get into marketing, how much they want it. So you ask them what they've been reading or listening to lately and there's crickets. Crickets. So, um, well, they don't even know about the company. No, exactly. So I think that, you know, if I was looking to get into a role like this, or kind of, I, I think getting into any role, I, I would do my homework. I'd, yeah. I'd work really hard and, and learn everything I could about it. Yeah. Um, I think another thing as well, I would identify opportunities that you think they could be doing better and I'd go to them with that. Yeah, that's I'd say, hey, here's an example. Hey, this is what I think. Hey, have you tried this? Yeah, yeah. Annoy them. Yeah. <laughs> but give them value and it yeah. won't be that annoying. Yeah. So it's kinda of like what you did, right? Yeah. Like you saw areas that we could be better at and yeah. and you you kept saying, keep going until you know what yeah. saying no wasn't an option, right? No. It was no, like just hey, turn up. <clears throat> turn up. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I think as well, like one other thing that, you know, we've been through recently uh, is I'm going to use, you know, Live Brand, for example. Mm. Um, we knew that we needed to be better or doing more in terms of reels yeah. and TikToks and that kind of on-the-fly video content. And I found Live on Instagram yeah. and just posting the content that I wanted to create for yeah. clients. So, you know, if if you do want to get into a content-based role, create an Instagram, post the content, get known for doing cool yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's so um, cool. Yeah. Yeah, initiative, right? 100%. Initiative because is so important. That's what business owners want, right? Yeah. And, and they want to employ people that have that initiative. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so look, hey, if you're a young person looking to get into the digital space uh, and you're proactive and you, um, you know, want to come and create some content, send it to live. You know? <laughs> Just don't um, send me a CV and a cover letter because yeah. you get lost among the other all the other ones. Yeah, because we get them a lot, right? Yeah. I would get two a week. Yeah. Seriously, two a week. I don't even show you half of them because yeah. I'm like, well... Maybe create a video, maybe create some content, yeah. you know. And and it's funny that you talk about the brand because she does that with other people, with other yeah. clients, you yeah. know. Hey, this is an idea that you probably could be using, right? I think mm-hmm. that's, you know, cool. Hey, look, this has been a great chat. It's gone super fast. Yeah. Um, before we leave, is there anything else you'd want to want to share with the, with, the, with the viewers and the listeners? think so um i you know yeah it has gone super fast and i don't even think we've covered half the things that we talked about um but i think that probably you know my one key thing that i would get across to anyone you know my age or younger or whatever listening to this podcast is like redefining what success looks like to you yeah and redefining you know what you actually want and then going for that and ignoring everything that it isn't yeah how good. That's a great takeaway. Redefining what success means to you. Not what it means to other people, yeah. not what it means to the Instagram of this world or the TikTok yeah, of this world. Because exactly. a lot of the stuff is just smoke and mirrors, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what is redefining success? Hey, Liv, that's a great way. We're going to leave on that because no doubt um, we'll have you back. Um, might actually do a, a hail podcast oh, get your dad on yep. get your, get your uh, sister on who now owns a business we'll give <laughs> yeah. a plug out to georgia yeah uh, and have the three years on because i think that'd be a great chat as well so yeah. appreciate your time hey thanks for listening to the marketing for business podcast uh we've got a brand new live event coming up soon uh so if you're listening to this and you live in christchurch we look forward to having you along uh until then thanks for your time and have a great day hi schools and here again hey thanks for listening to the marketing for business podcast Uh, We really appreciate you taking the time to listen and we hope that you learned a lot from today's episode. Uh, If you could be so kind as to rate and share the podcast with your other business friends and colleagues, that'd be awesome. And if you'd like to listen to more episodes, why don't you head over to our website, www.getdigitalinfluence.com, where we've got a whole bunch of other amazing interviews with business owners. Thanks for your time and have a great day.